Hi, 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 hi. Welcome, libertarian socialists and wannabes. I'm back here to talk politics in America. I know it can be trying sometimes, but we've got to do it or our country is going to evaporate. So what do I mean, wet out of the spider hole? Well, 13th of December is 15th anniversary of pulling Saddam Hussein out of his spider hole, which really hurt the candidacy of Howard Dean, who was running on an anti-war platform in 2003. And he was making, you know, he was making waves. There was a substantial portion of the United States citizenry that did not want to invade Iraq, wanted us out of Iraq, and Dean had been uh, speaking loudly at his campaign uh, uh, rallies about how we hadn't even caught Saddam, we're calling it mission accomplished. So when the Bush administration was able to come out and say, ooh, we pulled him out of the spider hole, uh, you know, it, it helped their cause quite a bit. Now, of course, the media seemed to participate in taking down Dean later with the uh, way they edited that sound at one of his later campaign rallies. Some of them actually admitted it, but, you know, that's another story. In any case, here we are. We're 15 years later from pulling Saddam out. We've got already been in Afghanistan for uh, more than a year by then. We've been in uh, Iraq since you know, March, April, and you know that was when things really started to, in my opinion, really started to spin out of control, and it became clear that wow, we were pouring money into something that didn't seem to be accomplishing much. I mean, most people who knew anything about Islam knew that uh, a Sunni like Saddam Hussein was not going to be working with a Shiite like Bin Laden. So that was, on the face of it, kind of ludicrous. You know, the tie-wearing Saddam Hussein, you know, working with uh, Bin Laden, who was, you know, more traditional fundamentalist uh, uh, Muslim. In any case, you know, the weapons of mass destruction seemed that the whole selling of the war was incredible, the invasion of Iraq. And it broke me out of an apolitical uh, sleep that I had been in for quite a while. You know, I had some kids in the 90s. The 90s were, you know, I, I just, I, I had a family. I just started my family and I started to just think, you know, politics are just corrupt. The Clinton administration seemed incredibly cynical. I became very cynical. And I just concentrated on, on economic issues in my life. And then as my kids got older and they're going to school, you know, I don't want to stigmatize my kids by being seen as some kind of uh, political radical. So I just kept my politics to myself as much as I could. So, you know, time to come on to the World Trade Center attacks, it became a little bit harder because, you know, I'd grown up in a time when they were hijacking planes and taking them to Cuba and we didn't have to repeal the Bill of Rights at the airport and we didn't invade Cuba, and there'd been a World Trade Center bombing in the 90s, and countries survived, we didn't invade another country, and 
in 95 or 96, we had domestic terrorism with the uh, Oklahoma City bombing and bombings in Atlanta. So it still seemed like a police action to capture terrorists as it had been in the past because these wars didn't seem to have accomplished much at all. So now we're down the road from these invasions and occupations. We still have troops there. There's still people dying. Lots and lots of money, trillions of dollars, have gone down that spider hole, really. And, you know, what have we got for it? I don't think we've gotten what we thought we were going to get as American citizens. I opposed it, and it was when I really stopped being apolitical. But then I realized Afghanistan's one thing. Going into Iraq, I don't understand, and I don't, it seems like it's not legitimate. And I actually saw documents that, you know, were linked to on the internet because I was, you know, subscribing to some rather obscure uh, listserv. And, you know, they were the forged documents about the Niger trying, you know, getting uranium, uh, you know, yellow cake uranium. They were signed by a diplomat who wasn't, you know, even in power at that time. So there clearly were forgeries or not legitimate documents, but yet there we were selling them at the UN. And you know, two weeks before we actually went in, at least it became wider knowledge that the documents appeared to be in question, but we went in anyway. So that was why I ended up becoming much more politically involved. I mean, my fa uh, father was deployed into Vietnam theater in the Navy so long that I barely knew him. And my grandfather fought in the Battle of the Bulge. So I, you know, I believe that we shouldn't send soldiers to war to die without real debate, without good reason. And if you oppose such an action, you are absolutely required to speak out. My desire to concentrate on economic issues, that couldn't be how things were. I had to start speaking out. It must be, I thought, that the Americans just didn't, it wasn't as widely known as it should be that these documents were forged. So then, put up a website. I've been coding for a long time. So I put up this website and I start, I come out. I have a political opinion. You could dox me. I was not hiding and I was speaking out to anyone who would really listen that this invasion of Iraq was wrong was based on false pretenses, false documents, and this is just wrong, people are dying. So, anyone but Bush in 2004.com, that was put up and started blogging there. And then I started advertising, or I tried to advertise, you know, I've had some bumper stickers on there and stuff like that. And so, it's 2003, 2004, you know, I've been coding on the internet, you know, since the mid-90s, so I know Google AdSense is probably a good way to go, so, you know, I start uh, advertising there, and almost, you know, immediately traffic gets up, and I'm like, hey, maybe I'll make some money, as well as move forward a, a message that I really believe in, which is, don't go to war unless you have a clear reason to do so, and... But then after a week or so, boom, Google says, no, you can't. You, we've flagged you as a hate site, anyone but Bush in 2004.com. 
So I've written about this, and there's some links to the Wayback Machine at archive.org. You can go look up anyone but Bush in 2004.com. You can kind of see what the content was. It clearly was not a hate site. It was a political site, but not a hate site. And I pushed back and was like, why am I being flagged as a hate site? I couldn't really get a clear answer, but I went through my content, tried to clean it up, you know, made sure I wasn't saying anything that might be considered violent or taken the wrong way, and I reapplied got approved for a day or so then banned again so I did that a couple of times and then I, but I could never get an answer on why I was being flagged as a hate site what I needed to do to meet their criteria nothing boom I'm just banned I'm, and so my traffic drops immediately every time I'm banned so throughout 2004 I, I'm banned I'm a hate site I continue to do my thing and try and get other you know avenues to promote these ideas you know the truth about WMDs in Iraq, truth about, you know, the documents that were used that were invalid and forged. Um, the biggest advertiser there is, I can't, I can't work with them. They're, they flagged me as a hate site. So, you know, I, I end up writing to Barbara Boxer and Diane Feinstein, who are my uh, representatives and, you know, my senators from California, and Feinstein didn't respond. At least Boxer responded with, hey, Maybe we'll take a look, we'll get back to you. But that's it. You know, that was in the summer of 2004. Elections coming up, you know, politics big deal. If I'm going to advertise, I need to do it soon. So I start trumpeting, you know, that, you know, I'm being banned. But I didn't get much attention, really. Keep pushing the site as best I can. And as uh, October get into October and it's all around Halloween or something, I get this email from a search engine guru, a guy who uh, has been uh, involved in the internet, Danny Sullivan, been involved in the internet since the 90s. I might have been one of his very first subscribers. So he sends out, I get something in my email box sometime late October about how political advertising is exploding on the internet, it's making a lot of money, and also how all the tech companies are very politically agnostic. And then whatever your position is, you should be able to find a home and a tech company will take your money and promote, you know, your ideas if you pay. And so I respond with, hey, what's wrong with anyone for Bush in 2004.com? And so he goes and looks and he says, well, I don't see anything wrong with this. Let me check with my contacts. So he does so within a day or so, boom, unbanned. And I can advertise for about a week or so before the election which doesn't have a hell of a lot of effect, as you can imagine, it's kind of annoying. But, I just moved on, right? I'm doing this stuff I'm doing now. I kept on, I wrote a book in 2011. I kept on pushing stuff as best I could against this global war that the United States is pursuing and spending a trillion dollars a year on, at least. It's crazy, it's crazy what we are doing to our budget and to our country through these military adventures. It's just craziness. And now, as I hear about this stuff with, uh, you know, the Russians using social media and Facebook and Twitter, they're like, you know, taking care of, you know, monitoring and curating content to make sure it's not a hate site. And, you know, Google as well. And so I'm like thinking to myself, they're acting like this is all a new thing they didn't really think of. And I'm thinking 15 years ago, you already had this process in place. A process that, in my you know, opinion, wasn't very transparent. 
I had no due process at all. There was no way for me to appeal. And the only reason why I even ever got unbanned was because I happened to know somebody who had contacts at the company. So it's still a mystery to me as to why anyone but Bush in 2004.com was flagged as a hate site. But 15 years later, Google is now even more powerful and yet still unregulated. It can still pick and choose who gets to use their platform. At this point, these companies, I think, are becoming public utilities. And they need to be operated in a more transparent way when this is the only way you can get your message out. It's through podcasting on Apple or a Facebook page or Google's YouTube. I mean, these companies are controlling the message that you will see. And 15 years ago, I was banned and there was nothing I can do. And I don't see that necessarily anything is that much different. I don't really know, but I think now, I sh in retrospect, it's not, it's not just something I should keep to myself. I don't really know, but 15 years later, Google's a lot more powerful. 15 years out of the spider hole, here we are. I don't think we accomplished anything at all. We really haven't. And... The wars, I know that we are really focused on what's going on in Washington, D.C., but people are dying with American weapons, and American soldiers are even killing people. We should know why. American soldiers are dying. We should know why exactly. What is the goal? It can't be classified. There has to be clear declarations of war. Without them, we are no longer really a republic. And you can see that in the stock market, the way things are whipping around, that maybe we, they don't, money, the money doesn't think we're a republic anymore. They think we're kind of some kind of autocracy where, or oligarchy where a few people are deciding and right now it seems like you know number 45 says I make this deal boom stock market goes up or he says no there's gonna be tariffs and stock markets go down but yet constitutionally these all these powers of treaties and making uh, trade and stuff that's possible to go through the Constitution and now it's not so I uh, I can see why some of the money is like beginning to think okay you know what this person says is what's gonna happen that is really an oligarchy in the United States it's not a republic there's not a true rule of law going on over there and it's disturbing and I think you're gonna see in the stock market and in our economy that when one person has so much power it can make things uncertain especially if they tend to change their mind a lot. Now, you can sit there and you can talk about how spectacular uh, the economy is, unemployment and the markets, but there are homeless everywhere. Everywhere there are homeless. And these people are economic refugees. And we are not dealing with them. And the oligarchy is definitely not dealing with them. They're ignoring them. Jeff Bezos was... Uh, instrumental in shutting down a tax that would have helped uh, take care of homeless people in Seattle 
the city where that his, you know, he's based, where he got to start, that helped make him a trillionaire, neuron trillionaire. Right? If this is the America that I believe in, there's not homeless everywhere. That's a 1930s depression. It doesn't matter what the numbers are on the stock market. It doesn't matter what the numbers are when there's homeless people all over the street, everywhere. I'm living in a fairly rich county here behind the orange curtain, and the stuff happening here, there's a lot. There's a lot of homelessness. A lot of homelessness. So, as we go into the holidays, think about all these homeless people. They no longer have a stake in our country. When they just do not have a stake in our nation anymore. When we ignore them, they are people, they're not animals. We have to, we have to do better there. And think about that during the holidays. And think about what's going on at the end of the day with the American military and the global war on terror. We have to speak out about this. There must be declarations of war before we're sending troops off to die. Fifteen years later, since we pulled Saddam Hussein out of the spider hole, what? Where are we? 